Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 205 is entitled Recognizing the Hand of God, Part 1b, Mortality versus Immortality, Continued. We are so glad you joined us. If you missed our last podcast, we recommend that you first listen to Season 3, Podcast 204, Part 1a before listening to Podcast 1B. This is a continuation of Part 1A and will help you keep the continuity. In the Christian view, in pre-mortality we lived as spirits with God, called our first estate. In Jude we read, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he made reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Jude 1, 6. Living as spirits with God, we were all brothers and sisters, equal in the sight of God. Jude is referring to Lucifer and the other fallen angels as the ones who did not keep their first estate. John the Revelator refers to that as the war in heaven. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Revelation twelve seven through 9 Those of us who fought with Michael against Lucifer were allowed to come to earth and gain a physical body. It logically follows that this is our second estate. In the pre-mortal existence, we were subject only to spiritual laws. In mortality, we are subject to both spiritual laws and mortal laws. We became subject to death because of the fall of Adam. When we die, we will go to the spirit world, where we will wait for the resurrection and the final judgment. Peter tells us, For for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. 1 Peter 4.10 After the resurrection and final judgment, we will be assigned a kingdom of glory according to our works in the flesh. In the final judgment, we will be judged by Christ according to our works while we lived in the second or mortal estate. Paul tells us, There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. But of course, according to the law of opposites, where there is a heaven, there must be a hell. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. 
and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. For those who reject God because they object to hell must understand that if there is a heaven, there must also be a hell. To have mercy, you must have justice. To have good, you must have evil. To have moral, you must have immoral. To have God, you must have Satan. Without absolutes, there cannot be God or law, mortality or immortality. Chaos, for example, is absolute. Therefore, law and order must also be absolute. Where there is reward, there must be punishment. Christians define God as omniscient, all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful, and omnipresent, everywhere present. Those attributes are necessary or he couldn't be our creator. But there are two more attributes that are essential, justice and mercy. God is just by necessity. God is merciful by choice. Without justice, there would be no God, no creation, no earth, no life on earth, including man, and no cosmos. When we think of justice, we must think of perfect law and perfect order. That means that all laws of God must be absolute. Evil is violation of law. Good is obedience to law. Without law, there would be neither good nor evil. However, without law, there would be no creation. God created laws to expand our free will and to give us agency. God is the source of our freedom and our liberty. He created the plan of salvation that we may progress forever. God himself is the model. That is what separates man from animals. We know that some animals have greater intelligence than others. We know that there are similarities between man and animal. However, we are not animals and should never refer to ourselves as animals. There are many things that separate us from even the greatest of animals. Ten of the most important are 1. We have a far superior intelligence. 2. Our spirits were created in the express image of God. 3. God is the father of our spirits. 4. Our physical bodies were created in the likeness of God. 5. We have greater free will, agency, freedom, and liberty. 6. We will be judged according to our works. 7. We have Christ as our Savior and our Redeemer. 8. We have a moral conscience. 9. We can become like God, who is our Father, through the grace of Christ. 10. God is irreplaceable. He will always be our God. However, He has promised that if we keep His commandments, He will give us all that He has, meaning light and truth, or omniscience and omnipotence because we are His children. That is the pattern. God placed all judgment in the hands of his son who sacrificed himself for our sins if we call upon him. It is a choice. No one has to go to hell. The price we must pay, however, is to repent of our sins, keep the commandments of God, and endure to the end. Our glory in the next life will reflect the glory of the laws we lived on earth. That again is according to the principle of causality. 
Even spiritual loss must have cause and effect, or conditions and consequences, whether it is a blessing or a curse. Christ is the one who assigns us our kingdom of glory. We inherit the glory according to the laws we live. Light and truth are based on law. The house of God is a house of order. Everything is governed by a complete set of laws. That is what earth life is all about. Christ lives in the highest or third heaven as recorded by Paul. As seen above, he calls it the glory of the sun, or celestial glory, or celestial body. Only those who inherit the third heaven, where the celestial bodies live, will live eternally with Christ. They are the only ones who, like Christ, will shine like the glory of the sun. The others who live lesser laws will reflect the glory of the laws they live, some compared to the brightness of the moon, which Paul calls the terrestrial glory, and others compared to the brightness of the stars, which vary in glory as the stars vary in glory. That suggests that there are many heavens and many degrees of glory. The teachings of Paul are in conflict with those who believe there is only one heaven and one hell. The problem with one heaven and one hell is that it violates the law of justice and it denies the law of mercy. All saints are not equally good and all sinners are not equally bad. One punishment does not fit all sinners, one glory does not fit all saints. Else why be judged for our works? That is why there must be a final judgment and why Christ is the only qualified judge. Only in man's imperfect prisons are all prisoners thrown together. Some see God as a jealous God full of vengeance. If he wants to punish us, why did he sacrifice his beloved son to pay for our sins? I think the mercy of Christ is underestimated. John 3.16 is very clear about the mission of both the Father and the Son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John three sixteen through 17 John further adds, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought, in God. John three twenty through 21. Please join us in the next podcast as we continue the theme, Recognizing the Hand of God. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.